everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we are covering She Never Died. Because we are in a month where Black women win. Called Black Women for the win, if you will. And this bitch wins. Lacey Lilith is winning. She never died. Don't cross her. She didn't die. She never died. You can't kill her because she went in so Somebody asked her if she died. She said, I never did. Listen, she's like, that's one thing I ain't done. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we're not going to do today? Die. What? (laughs) That's the subtitle for the movie, or the, well, not the subtitle, but the <laughs> subheading, whatever. Listen, she, she never, never died. died. You know what we're not going to do today? Die. Yeah. <laughs> Full stop. We ain't dying. What? <laughs> you better go now. Point blank and the period. We ain't dying. <laughs> Who's like that? To? It's like that <laughs> it's Miley Cyrus song. Uh, we won't stop. We won't die. <laughs> we can't. I don't know. She her. never did die. But die. <laughs> That's the moral of the story, y'all. Listen, listen. Lacey, you can't. You you thought you could. You might have tried. You can't. Quite a few people in this movie thought that they could. She never died, but they did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this, Sheree. What is your first thought? My first thought is, as an aspiring older Black woman, seeing an older Black woman, aka probably in her 40s, kick ass for a whole movie, that's a mood because we never get these kind of movies. It's always, and I love Keanu Reeves, but it's always Keanu Reeves. You want to get like Spicy or some generic Derek. And I'm tired of white men being like, I'm fighting for that one to have. Ain't that cute? It's not cute. We've seen this movie. Stop. Go home. Let Lacey fight him. Agreed 100%. And I will say too, on top of that, that's great. It was awesome. That could have been enough. But this movie said, you know what we're also going to do? Our big climactic fight is not going to be between one woman of a certain age. It's going to be between two women of a certain age. Random one was white, but still. Women of a certain age <laughs> kick an ass. And one was evil and one wasn't evil. And so there you go. Sometimes you got to clear a Linda. I know that somebody's had to quit multiple jobs and have worked under pe- so many people named Linda. Like, <laughs> literally, I'm like, you're the reason this meme exists. Stop what you're 100%. doing. <laughs> yeah, I just love it because, you know, typically it would have been Lacey, who we already have, which I said is enough. That's Like, she is enough in and of itself. But she would have been finding some old white man or something, you know, would have been fighting Keanu Reeves. But yeah. instead, this one, we also have a woman playing the the enemy the the villain which i was like that's really great too and it is a white woman which is tracks so like props to that yeah. too though <laughs> i i am here for the casting because my another thing i really just fucking love about this casting is that like Lacey's sidekicks are Susie and Godfrey um which when we normally watch tv and film as the older black woman especially because she's darker than Susie she would automatically become the sidekick 
and Susie would be leading the charge because Susie's CW brand, and that's acceptable. Or Godfrey's an old white man, so let him lead it. And like, I don't want to see 60-year-old men punching people. This is not what I come here for. Let me go home. But like, we avoided those CW missteps <laughs> by just fucking casting a black woman and letting her beat some ass. Like, if you want to see black women beat ass, this is your movie. If you've not hit play on this movie, do it. Also, I didn't realize when we put these side by side that last week we did a zombie movie and this week we're doing a zombie movie. Wait, is she a zombie? <laughs> I don't think she's a zombie. She's zombie-esque. Zombie-esque. Okay. I'll give you that. I, I agree. She's out eating people. Yes. You can't take that from her. Yes. And <laughs> so everyone that knows knows me knows, you know, Susie is my cup of tea. I love Susie. She's a fun addition to this to this cast. Love her. Of course, I love Lacey. Lacey's a badass and the hero we all need and want. And I, I also really liked Godfrey. I did recognize the actor Peter McNeil from the original Queer as Folk series from the early mm-hmm. aughts. He played the my the lovely Miss Debbie's love interest about halfway through the season series ish, something like that. Um, so I was like, "Hey, that's I forget his name, but that's the guy that Debbie married." Anyway, um, I also liked that with Godfrey, they didn't play the like usual detective archetype. He was very much kind of a doofus, like. <laughs> All cops are evil. <laughs> but like, he's like, I know I'm worthless. You see me be doing the work. How can I assist? And I love that because we don't normally get white men who are like, let me get your fucking way. It's like, let me slow shit down and ruin everybody's day. Because my mama told me I was special when I was five. And so I love that. That's not Godfrey's journey. Godfrey's like, you're eating people. That's disgusting. But you're eating all the bad people. And this city's overrun with bad people. So I guess, can I be your friend? <laughs> I'll, get, I'll buy you a refrigerator. <laughs> Listen, I'll buy you a refrigerator for your blood bags um, if you just keep eating the right people. <laughs> yes. I also really loved that the first, like, 10 minutes of this movie is Lacey literally saving a girl on the street from a dude who won't take no for an answer. Like, yeah. loved it. I love seeing women protecting other women. It's It's just, it's so good. The first time I saw this movie, I didn't understand that first woman was tied into all of this because that guy was part of the human trafficking ring that Lacey's out to eat. Uh, See, I didn't know that either. (laughs) This second watch, it all makes sense. Because I'm like, Lacey's got a goal and it's to specifically eat these people who are human trafficking. Because this is a city where this is just like happening. And I also love that commentary because we typically black and brown women just go missing and nobody asks questions because nobody gives a shit. But like I have friends who like most of art in Chicago is like centering the women who just disappear and the police won't do anything because why would they? Right. And this is something that like affects like a lot of black and brown communities. Like most of the indigenous community, like those women are just gone. There's a movie called To Catch the Fair One or Catch the Fair One. I'm butchering it. It just hit Hulu. I saw it last year in festivals. And it just dropped into the quietly. But, like, people should fucking watch it. Um, that lead actor, whose name I've forgotten because I drink too much, she, this was her first role, and she fucking nailed it. She's a boxer. And she wanted to, like, write this story because she does, like, community service in her community because she is Native. And, like, she was talking about this movie idea, and a filmmaker saw her Instagram or Twitter about it. He's like, how can I get involved? And they made a movie and it like is like do it was doing the things in the awards um in the festival circuit last year and now it's on Hulu and people should fucking watch it. <laughs> cool, yeah, adding that to my list for sure. Yeah. Again, talking about how perfectly this is cast, Lacey is played by Alunike Ad 
Adeliwi, E, Adeli. Internet, help me out. Gorgeous woman. Can we just say that? Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I'm looking at her headshot on IMDb right now, and I'm like, snatched. I, she, she, she had such a specificity in the way that she held herself at all times. You know, I didn't get I, until she said at the end who she really is. Yes. I didn't. There's no way I would have guessed that, but I knew that she wasn't your ordinary zombie or vampire or mom. I knew there was something higher than her, and I yes. it's just her performance from head to toe again, great. And the whole movie, the whole movie, like this is such a. I don't think I've been this hyped about a black superhero since Blade. That's not true. Black Panther did happen. But aside <laughs> from those two instances, because like who else is doing us justice? Nobody. And so like, and she is a black superhero. Like I get that this is like this grimy, dirty world of supernatural stuff. And we don't know what her big part of it's going to be. I kind of do hope we get a sequel to this sequel because I'd watch more of this story unfold um, with these characters, specifically Susie Lacey and Godfrey. But like it, it felt like a graphic novel, and I'm I'm happy about how she held herself because the way she held herself, it was like royalty. You know, she's out here, she's sleeping on streets and in random chairs, and she's popping up to kick people's asses and like go eat oatmeal in a diner. Right, which <laughs> she's removed from people, and I just I love her. She's so quirky. Yeah, which I also <laughs> love that message too. The idea that someone who is experiencing homelessness could also be your savior could be the one person that's going to be there and save your ass and or be the world savior let's be real i just i just you know i think that we as america as as a culture has demonized people experiencing homelessness to the point that it's like but these are these are human beings you do realize this right like these aren't monsters they are human beings that just are living on that don't have a home and like you know know what i mean i feel like you might say it better than i am (laughs) america likes to pretend that anything that makes america uncomfortable is evil and those people deserved it which is why we have such a history of racism sexism and homophobia because somebody's like oh no i'm a little uncomfortable therefore it's evil and it's like, or put some lorries on your fucking cheeseburger and sit the fuck down. I, <laughs> America got problems. <laughs> because like. Some lorries on your cheeseburger. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's called flavor, bitch. Um, but. <laughs> these people are homeless because they fucked up when we know we live in a capitalist society we know that rent is too high and keeps going up we know that jobs are fucking scarce we know the economy's bullshit we know student loans are putting bitches out left and right mm-hmm. but these people failed it's like something they did it could never happen to me because my name is janice and i live in the suburbs right and you know too that anyone and everyone is one life event away from having that same issue. One thing could happen to you 
and suddenly you're on that side of the quote unquote fence. Like, I, I just think more people need to realize that, that one car accident, that's not your fault. One illness, one, anything, one thing could have one house fire, one flood, one tornado, one, anything from where you're at right now. And you could be in the same spot that that other person's in. A privilege is a powerful drug because to go back to my trauma space, that was grad school, Texas tech. When I did my thesis play Craigslist, I found out a lot of those professors don't understand that like a lot of their students are poor. Cause like, my lead, who was a poor girl, so her apartment wasn't together. It was not snatched. They were like, well, she would have real furniture because she's not incompetent. And I'm like, incompetency and funding while you're in school are two separate. Why you're equating, you're equating and funding, IQ. Period. Yeah. Are not equivalent. Are not. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, one of the bitches who I had to block because professors are wild at Texas Tech um, was yelling at me when trying to do homework for her class that she made difficult for no fucking reason because she always wanted whatever she didn't give us to do. So that was a whole mind game of just trying to do all the assignments just in case. Um, <laughs> but she came in to yell at me when I was trying to do the homework in my little corner to be like, your girl's just fucking entitled because if she can't afford to go to school, she just shouldn't be at school. And I'm like, if that were the case, I would have none of my degrees. I have three degrees. But I am a poor when you're on your like good days, Dr. Chansky, you seem to enjoy my company. So are you saying I shouldn't be here because I can't afford to be here in this bullshit factory? But again, like the older white people just love yelling at people and they love to be like, you're homeless because you fucked up. Um, <laughs> you, you're here because you fucked up. And we're on everybody. It's not even just homeless. It's, oh my God, trying to get people to understand addiction, especially in this year where so many people, because we are, y'all, this is the fourth year we're heading into of a pandemic. It's hard for everybody, but people who struggle with addiction specifically or depression specifically, they're hurting, which is why this is always the constant news. Um, and it's it's understandable because like, this is a fucking trigger. It's a fucking trigger and nobody wants to fix it. We've had two stimmies. It's not getting better. Well, people, um, and so people love to piss on people who are fighting addiction, especially when they lose yes. or, or they slip. Yes. And yeah, I, that's, yeah. I addiction, mental illness, it, all that is such a ta- it's it's fucked up that it's so taboo that people don't even know how to talk about it, much less ask for help if you need it. Because it the minute you it, you go up to someone and say, "Hey, I struggle with this," or "Hey, I I need help quitting drinking or smoking," or any other type of harmful drug or depression or whatever, you know, mental illness, then they run the risk, which I know it's not universal. There are different people. There are, you know, good allies or good people in the world. Don't get me wrong, but you always run the risk of that person saying, Oh, okay. Let me send you some, some stuff. Two minutes later, did you hear that so-and-so is an alcoholic or they da 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 as opposed to just being a genuinely good person and helping them. And, 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 and of course, going back to what you were saying too, we blame it on them. Oh, well, if they didn't pick up that drink, if they didn't smoke that cigarette, if they didn't shoot up that one thing of meth, if they didn't do blah, 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 when 
there's a billion other steps to that one. There's a billion other steps to get to that point that that person is at where they're at the point of needing help. But also, how many of those steps have you taken? We also live in a society where getting help is fucking difficult because it's expensive. And the places that are free or work for sliding scales are like overflowing. And so it's hard to get all those waiting lists. Mm -hmm. Like the reason I've been in and out of therapy and counseling so much of my life is not because I don't want to go. It's because I don't always have the funding to go. And sometimes when I do get the funding, the wait list is too fucking long again. And so like, and also I've learned to ask for black women and trying to get a black woman therapist in these free places is hard because like, if you got one or two, they booked. Um, if you don't got one, which is most places I go to, because I keep end up these white lands, like, <laughs> like you, you just fuck. And so you end up having to explain racism to Cindy Lulu. And she's like, oh, wow. Whoa. Are you sure it's racism? I'm like, I'm sure it's racism. It's been my whole life. I'm, I'm trying to catch you up while also trying to like talk about what I need to talk about, but also this should not be your racism 101 class. Can you not go Google when you're not talking to me? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and and when you do get help, again, I talk about it a lot. Like it's sometimes your doctors are bullshit because they look at you and they're just like, well, you're fat. And so that's your problem. And again, my thin friends are also sad. We are all sad together. <laughs> like my little pint of ice cream is not the problem. <laughs> like if we were looking at my arteries, perhaps I would hear you out. But until you get in there, <laughs> I need you to hear me when I say I'm sad today. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's so enraging and frustrating and, uh, you know, and I think this, what's so, what's really fucking pissing me off too, is that I feel like 99% of families today or anyone living in the world today has been touched by mental illness, whether that be addiction, depression, whatever, which oftentimes go hand in hand. 100% of the families, 100%. Well, right. And how many of them still feel the way that we were talking about, the where, oh, it's their fault, and they, if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't done this. And it's like, do you not even have compassion for your own brother, sister, mother, father, aunt, niece, whatever, whatever that person might be to you. I mean, let's be real. I, I think it's still the case, but a few years ago, opioid overdose became the number one death in America. Listen. Opioid overdose, not car wrecks, not heart attacks, not cancer, opioid overdoses. And many of those people who were addicted, who are now addicted to opioids, were prescribed them by a doctor. So don't say if they hadn't done this, if they hadn't done that, they were prescribed. A doctor said, take this. Listen, listen. So many people would still be here if their doctors would listen to them. And off they would also like, just look at them. Because like, I have yet to lose anybody to drugs and there was not signs first. But how you fight somebody's doctor just giving them pills left and right whenever they lie to them? Like, I, again, like, it's just, it's a fucking hard world. I don't know how we got to this conversation, but it's a fucking hard world. I know how to circle this back. <laughs> so, with that being said, I am, well, I was very happily pleased that our lead superhero, badass woman didn't have a home. At the I, beginning. 
Like, I, I couldn't tell if she didn't have a home or if she was just, like, sleeping outside where enemies were. Because as a Gemini, I respect that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm going to you come like, back. Listen, I'm going to catch your ass outside. I'm going to fight all of y'all at once. I'm going to do this one by one. Um, <laughs> and so I saw I saw myself in her for multiple reasons. <laughs> True. <laughs> but what... One of the things I do love about the idea of Lacey, who's again like this black goddess kicking ass in the city, is that she's bulletproof and feels no pain. Which, because like again, black women are just like, your pain's bullshit when you go to the doctors or they see us as less than human. I thought that was a fun turn of events because how often are we like, we're in pain? They're like, have you tried walking it off? You want me to walk on my sprained ankle? That's what you're telling me to do? You fat phobic bitch. You want me to get up on this ankle and walk it off? <laughs> walk until I got in this situation. <laughs> Listen, had I been walking less, my ankle would be facing the right way. What? <laughs> um, yes. But I, I love, I love that, and I also love that she gets to feel her rage and take it out on criminals. That's iconic because. Uh, the black woman, angry black woman stereotype is always out there and it's always a concern. And whenever I say anything, no matter how calmly I say it, I'm that. I'm the angry black woman. I just want people to have fun. I just want to piss in your movies. I'm not saying could we kill less black people in that monotone way I do. Um, I'm coming for you. I'm taking your movies and I'm a bitch. And so like, I love that she's like, mm, you just stabbed me for hours and yeah, I didn't feel it, but I'm really salty about it. So I'm going to eat you and rip your head off. Mood. Mood. For real. I, yes. And I, I'm glad that earlier you mentioned that this feels like um, a comic book or something. Because I want this to be a TV series or a comic book series. I want Lacey. Lacey is the superhero that I want to follow. Like, I want, I want the action figures. I want the Susie action figure. I'll even take a Godfrey action figure. What the hell? That's to have all three. I want the comic books i want the marvel movies i want all of it i this is the tv series that i want i would watch the fuck out of it i would read all the graphic novels and it feels it feels like it's not a it's not like a film noir but it does sort of feel like she's getting her gang together this is their origin story and they're gonna start solving these crimes because human trafficking is a problem here and they shut it down in this movie but like who else is gonna try and pop up who else are they working with we have other people also we end with a cliffhanger of an apocalypse coming and who is that person listen not well i say person also ain't been dead when got shot in the head Hey, I'm, that rhymed. Anyway. He never died. <laughs> he never died. He never did. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there's totally, there, there is a billion different yeah. ways this could be made into a series. When I saw the motorcycles for the four horsemen of the apocalypse, I'm like, oh yeah, we about to do some shit. I'm ready for it. I will say, speaking of it being a TV series, I'm, I am curious, and I know this, I, I, I read your hot take. And so I don't want you to get too far into your hot take, but I'm a half if you go there. So let's go ahead okay, and do it again. Do it. <laughs> it's my note. And so, I, and I do feel this way. I am curious how I would feel. I'm curious how my experience watching this movie would have been if I had already seen the first movie. Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily had to have it, but I did feel like the first part of this movie was a little, um, 
like I was dropped into the middle of something and I was trying to figure it, it was like if you're watching an awesome TV series, but you start halfway through season two. And I was like, wait, okay. Take, hold, oh, okay. Now I'm with you. Okay. Now we're going, now we're going, I've got it. And so I don't know that I necessarily needed the first one, but I am curious how that, if that would have helped me the transition at the beginning of this movie transition into it a little smoother. I didn't feel that at all because I'm so used to watching um, those movies that are kind of like the blades and the dark mans and all those where you the Dick Tracy's, if you will. And so like, I, I didn't know it was a sequel. I didn't know it was a sister sequel, I should say, because it is a sister sequel. So it is like, they're both standalone movies in the same universe. Um, but I didn't know it was after I, it was over and I was Googling it. Cause I found this a movie on accident when I was doing like new movies for Halloween one year. And I was like, I've never seen this. It's a black lead. Let's do it. And it was fucking good. And so I told Jazz from Brother Scary and now we both are like, it's good. Why is nobody talking about it? And it's cause it's a black lead of course. But, <laughs> um, I, this felt very contained. If anything, I want more of the aftermath which I don't know if we'll get another sequel or anything, but like, I want to know where this trio goes and where this apocalypse is coming, especially now that we know that Lacey is Lilith. Cause that's a, that's a power bitch move to be like, I'll, I'll sign Lilith. Good night. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it didn't necessarily make my reviewing experience bad. It's just, I, I, you know, I'm just curious how it would have affected me. It may not have done anything or it may have been it, worse. I don't know. I don't know if I if I had seen the first one, if I would have watched this one. Because mm -hmm. I think part of the reason this one works for me is that it is a Black lead. And the first one is not a Black lead. It's Henry Rollins, who's always seemed like a stand-up guy, as far as I know. I've not seen the movie seats yet, so I don't let me just be out here lying. <laughs> and so he's fine, but I would have been like, oh, it's another movie where a dude is punching people. That's cute. And I would have like gone home. And I would have been like, oh, a sequel. I don't want that. But because I was literally just like flicking around and being like, I want a movie I've not seen before. She looks cute. Let's do it. I was like, ah, oh, she's fierce. Let's do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Like I said, that's not necessarily a negative about the movie. It, it was just a question about my viewing experience, which that's just, that's just me. While we're talking about why I think this movie works probably better than whatever the first one was doing, is I think that it accidentally is making commentary on Black women's pain and how it's usually ignored because they put so many knives in her trying to experiment on her with their little camera because they torture people anyways. And they're just like, you don't even blink it. And she's like, I'm going to kill you when I get the chance. It's fine. Oh, and the way they talk about how she's like dense because she's like 200 and whatever pounds, but she doesn't look like it. And they're, they're just start talking about her um, in this way that's very museum piece-esque, which white people don't want to do with black people's pain. Truly. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that definitely that that is there, especially the fact that she can't feel pain. And yeah, she just got up from being stabbed like eight times and was like... And I, sword still inside of her, like still like a shish kebab. <laughs> the swords were the, the sharp things were the, the meat. I fucking lived. I lived for that whole imagery because she's out here with her natural hair mm -hmm. and her tank top and her pants because she's not out here trying to be a fashionista, which is what we would normally see when we have a woman who's a superhero. It's like, let me get the cute heels and the cleavage out. She's like, no, I'm eating people and I want to be comfortable. And I'm like, yes, queen, yes. Um, so, like, she stands up 
talking about these knives and like half the chains hanging off her and she's just like violence. She was all about the convenience, <laughs> which I appreciated because when he when Godfrey was like, Why the fingers? She was like, Because they're easy to carry. I need the bone marrow. And I was like, Okay. This, Fair point. She is see she is so logical and practical and it's another reason why i feel seen with this movie because a lot of the times the easiest route is the route to take and yeah whenever we want to like do these kind of movies we're like let me have this desperate plan and all these extravagant things but she's interesting because she's like this is the thing that makes sense so this is the thing i do this is how i do it because it's comfortable or it tastes good, or because I can get away with this. And like, even when she's at the diner with Godfrey and he's like, you're eating oatmeal, I thought you'd eat meat. She's like, I don't really eat a lot of meat, but she eats people who are assholes. <laughs> so like, <laughs> we get so much, we get so much of her with her saying so little and I just love it. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's a fun one for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm here for more black goddesses um, or gods, because again, my little, I I should know more about Lilith because she's popped up in Sabrina, like Chili Adventures of Sabrina, the correct one. She's popped up in Supernatural and so much other literature, but like I don't just sit around studying her, and so I always forget. Um, she's essentially like in the Christian pantheon. She's essentially like the female Lucifer, I think, right? I've heard various things, but also I mostly get these things from TV shows. And so I've heard that like, she's basically Satan's wife right. Um, or right-hand man or woman. <laughs> um, I, she, she's, she'd be down there doing the things in hell. Um, that's all I know about her, but I don't know her ranking and all of that jazz. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't like, know. I should take a stroll through Wikipedia and like get some concrete things to just be like, what did that one episode of that one show say? Look, <laughs> hey, I might be all here for Lilith. Who knows? Yeah, like I think another show or movie tried to say that she was the original Eve, but she wanted to think for herself, and they were like, Mm-mm. "Supernatural, probably." Like <laughs> she was the big bad in like the season after the weird circle orb things. She was my favorite big bad, <laughs> and let me tell you why: because she don't cook, she don't clean. <laughs> but let me tell you, she got that ring. <laughs> um, she was like, "Fuck your brothers." Fuck you both. Um, I'm going to end this shit. And they was like, what? I like when she shows up at the police station as a little kid. And they're like, oh, this little girl's cute. And she's like, haha, murder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But that is where she's the, the like, yeah. I've heard so many. Because, again, yeah. I watch a lot of TV that is horror adjacent. And so, like, I literally, I was, like, picking out of a hat. What is her story? What is her truth? <laughs> Right. What is what is her story today? Listen, who is she? What wig is she wearing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I this is one of those movies people keep sleeping on, and I think it's in part because like it's never advertised. Because again, black leads. While we talk to people about movies with black leads, what? I didn't hear about it until you mentioned doing it for the show. So this, I didn't hear about it until I was playing around on Tubi that one year. I was looking for new movies I had not seen, and. Uh, I love Tubi, but also sometimes you, you gambling. And so I did not know what to expect. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to try and see what happened. And I was like, this is a win. This is a, so I'm happy it's here for black women for the win. Because this is a win. Like, oh, I, she wins now. Listen, we do. She, in my mind, she is 
the blade. She is she is the lady blade. Like her and what's his blade would have a face off and she would probably win, but it would be a decadent fucking fight and it'd be very stylized and I'd be into it. Oh. <laughs> yes. Where's that Marvel universe where she's in it and her and Blade gotta fight first before they can be friends? <laughs> Truly. I am glad so we're talking about, in talking about her sidekicks. I think that Susie added the needed, the missing part of that trio. Because without her, those two, like Godfrey's okay, whatever. I love Lacey, but like without, with just those two, I'd be like, okay. But Susie was fun. I really like Susie. <laughs> you know. You're a Susie stan. I knew you would be. I I think that Susie's fine. I think I could have also been fine with just her and Godfrey. But I think that the way these stories work, you need a third because that's just that's just these stories. I've seen this story multiple times with multiple white men leads. Um, <laughs> and you need the two anchors. To, so like when one of them is out of commission, the other one's reminding her that she has ties to the human world, which is why it feels like this is the first of insert however many movies or however many TV shows or books as opposed to a one and done which is why I was excited to see like the open ending because like they, it sets it up right. for the next chapter of whatever this is going to be. Which, I mean, this was just dropped in 2019, 2020. So like it could still happen. I need it to because mm. 2019 was not that long ago and the cast still looks lit. Like the people who were youths are still youthful. I believe our lead was in her forties already. Let me double check that because I'm pretty sure I read about that for Dread Central at one point. But she, as of right now, is 45. She's born in 77. Mm-hmm. She, this was a Canadian movie. We forgot to say that. It's a Canadian movie. Yay, Canada. Thank you, girl. But she was she's 45 now. And so four years ago, she'd been 41. And she still looks fierce. And I wouldn't uh, be surprised if she still can smash. Yes, bro, definitely. I wouldn't mm-hmm. cross her. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to get it. Listen. <laughs> No, but I just, I'm obsessed with a world and where we can have a badass black woman who dresses comfortably, has her natural hair, and is not about nobody's nonsense. Yes. I also, I do want to plug, because we, we love to plug these. This is directed by a woman, Miss Audrey Cummings. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, nothing that I know. I mean, it's a Canadian film, so I knew we weren't going to know a lot of these people from other things. Right. <laughs> We don't, do enough, we don't do a lot of Canadian horror. We should actually probably give them a month or something somewhere. Totally. Because we get stuff. And like also we can have Josh Kornka help us find some stuff. I'm saying show us the good stuff. But Our resident Canadian. Listen. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that we only bring him in for the Canadian things. <laughs> but, also, <laughs> but also Joe Lipson is out there. Bavna's out there. That's we true. know Canadians. We do. I'm not saying he's it, but... <laughs> We got, what we're going to do is line them all up and be like, what's your favorite Canadian horror movie? And if you have a good one, you could be in. If you don't have a good one, Josh, then <laughs> Did you hear us, Josh? Did you hear us? We're not we're not adding anybody specifically, but just you, Josh. We're not doing any Amityville. <laughs> We've done the one good one, okay? Let's yeah. just leave it at that. We'll just pick Josh's. We'll just pick Josh's. We're going to cover a, one of the last seasons of Slasher. That's what we're going to do for Josh. <laughs> But yes, yes, directed by a woman, femme directors, here for it. Love it. Love to see it. I was reading an article in Variety the other day, and it was a lot of numbers, so I don't know it verbatim, obviously. <laughs> but we were talking about how we stepped backwards even further um, from our almost spike in women and like people of color directors in Hollywood. 
Because we had gotten up, to, I think it was like 9% or something bullshitty, but it was big for us. <laughs> 9% is big for us <laughs> in the year 2022. And somehow we was like, that's too well. Snatch it back. And this- <laughs> Look at that. Walk it back. Walk it back. Walk it back. Oh, they're like, we got our cookie and we lift. And I'm like, you got a, don't you want a cookie next year too? Like, no. <laughs> Just the one cookie. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, okay, Hollywood. Uh, oh. Yes. I just. Mm. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know what? I'm not trying to take any movies from y'all cis white men, but like, I also. I just want more movies. Just make more fucking movies. And instead of spending ten billion dollars on one movie, spend ten million on ten. Listen, what I would love to see is a world in which a lot of these movies where the white man's thumbprints are all over them, fucking it up. And we know the ones because we've covered a lot of them. And I end up yelling, "A man has been here!" <laughs> let's let's stop letting men fuck those movies up and give those to people who should be directing those movies, usually the women. <laughs> we also have some movies out there that would have been better if non-binary people had handled them, they slash them. <laughs> I, we, we have so many movies and we're just like, we have to make sure a cis white man is doing it. Um, sometimes they'll give us like a cis gay white man, but still at the end of the day, this is not his story and he's gonna fuck it up because it's not his lens and he's not thinking about the things. And so of course he got there and it's gonna be like almost, but almost doesn't count as Brandy said, almost doesn't count. And so- <laughs> Truly, just more movies. Make more movies <laughs> and get more people. Listen, it's people act like if you don't let white men direct everything, then movies will implode. And I'm just like, how? What? <laughs> Explain, show your work. Show your work. <laughs> show your work, yes. Right? I'm good. I'm done dragging white people this episode. Oh, I'm a hot take. Never mind. <laughs> I'm almost done dragging. <laughs> All right. Let's get spicy. Sheree. <laughs> Take it away. No shade to Henry Rollins and company, but I don't need to see the first film because I already know that this film is the moment. And I'm sure whatever they did in that first film, I've seen so many times in so many ways. <laughs> I I can't see it again. I cannot see it again. <laughs> fair. Fair points. Um, so I, I'm not as wild about this movie as you are. I do like it. I do want to see more of it. It just was, it took me a minute to get into it. And so I, I wasn't loving it as much as you. So in the words of Bianca Stratford from the 10 things I hate about you, I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> and I'm just whelmed by this movie. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. No shade, but like, it was good. Like, I, you don't like action movies. That, that um, may be fair. Cause I was like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. No, because like whenever we do anything action-y, you're like, nah. Even if it's Korean, I'm like, it's Korean. You're like, nah. I'm like, it's Korean. And you're like, I guess for a movie, it's fine. I'm like, why don't you? <laughs> no, I, I, I think that like my scale of action, because like so much action is inherent in sci-fi and horror, I have like more of a tolerance for it because I'm used to it. Um, yeah. but like it's not my favorite thing. I'm out here being like, I need to see them beat some asses. Um, like I was not gonna do John Wick until I saw this trailer for this new one, and I was like, Keanu looking right, and he got a scars guard. 
<laughs> let me go start these um, from the top. But, and I will say, like, this is far better than a lot of other stuff. Like, me saying that I'm whelmed, it's a, it's a good thing, you know? Like, it, I'm not, <laughs> I'm saying I had a good time, but I wasn't, This I'm not going to be, this isn't going to take make my top tip list. I mean, most of the movies we cover don't make my top ten list, so that's fair. Right. It's also nowhere near my bottom ten list. Listen. Not I, anywhere close to it. No, I just, I think that if we're going to tell this story, we have to do it differently. And this one did because, like, I agree. we have a black lead. So we have the dialogue and the conversation that we don't get when it's just, like, generic Derek and generic Derek 2 punch each other for an hour and a half. Yeah. That's I why I couldn't... So, like, WandaVision was amazing. And after that, they followed up with some of that Captain America bullshit. Um, and it was two dudes about to punch each other. And I'm like, I don't care. You can't you can't give me Wanda and then be like, we'll go back to our thought shit. No. No. You giving me all the things. And then you're like, mm-hmm, we peaked. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you don't take these leftovers back to the fridge you got them from and give me some more fucking Wanda. Like, <laughs> and so I never watched that. Because, um, again, I can't be like, Two dudes punch each other and not being in love, but it's a bromance. I'm like, I don't care. I grew up on this. I've seen it every time I turn 25. I, I don't want it anymore. Take it back. Yeah. Return it. Give me the money. Give me a gift card. Don't give me this. <laughs> totally fair. And to be fair, I didn't finish the Captain America thing either. So at least you started it. <laughs> I didn't even start it. We finally agreed on something. <laughs> After Wanda, I was like, you are doing what next? You're playing in my face. Yeah. And then, I'm like, trying to get through Loki. Wanda. I still ain't finished Wanda, girl. I, there's just so much. There's so much to Wanda watch. Vision, it is great. Wanda Vision's fucking amazing. It's the, it's the reason Disney gets her to get my money. Because I was doing a year of Disney for free because I got a phone. And then, like, Wanda had two more episodes. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Disney gonna get some of my money. And I keep forgetting to cancel because I have too many people on my Disney account. Because, mm. like, phone right before the pandemic because it's right left the country. And so, like, I was like, we're on the pandemic. So here's my password, everybody. And I don't know who I'll own there. And so I I can't very well be like, if you have my Disney password, uh, our last date is this day. Because I've only seen The Princess Bride as many times I need to see it. <laughs> so there's nothing else here for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yes. Um, all right. Well, that is her thoughts on She Never Died. She didn't die. This title Listen, did not lie. She won and she's alive. She never <laughs> died. That's how you Boom. do it. But yes, that is her thoughts on She Never Died. Thank you all for listening. Next week, we're going to be covering Good Manners. Because we are doing this theme, Black Women for the Win. And when you say Good Manners, I realize that we are talking about Black women from three different continents right now because we've been <laughs> we've been to England we've been to Canada and I forget where Good Manners is set um, because it's been a hot minute and by hot minute I mean at least a year and a half um, <laughs> so I will know next week because we are just traveling with these black ladies because black women for the win means travel too apparently I mean I ain't above it I ain't, I ain't seen it I, I'm good with traveling First class up in the sky up in the sky <laughs> Champagne. We don't want to pay rights. You know Fergie and this Copyright. Copyright. Fergie in this economy, Fergie ain't got time to listen to no fucking podcast. She might be working. She's clever. G L. She always loves to spell in her song. It's like anyway. she's as a child. She can't read. She's like, I'm gonna show these bitches. Look. I'm gonna show these. I'm gonna spell everything. Breaking on my fingers. F I T N E. I'm Fergalicious. F. I'm like, Fergie, we get it. You graduated. Like, 
she is ace in the spelling Listen, bee. She's, she lost a spelling bee as a child and it still haunts her. And that's why we got a lizard spell every record. Like, <laughs> I'm like, we know how to spell your name, Fergie. We here. We here. We found you. We got it. <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. Yes. Again, next week, recovery. My humps, Good manners. My humps, my uh, I'm like, Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. And as always, make sure you stay F I E R C E out there. F I E E E E.